When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into a special Friday edition, moments before first pitch of Oklahoma softball and Oklahoma baseball. I'm Chris Plank. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Hey, we got to go to the weekend right. We got Brandon Zaragoza coming up here in moments to preview the series against TCU. And Lincoln Riley met with the media. And anytime Coach Riley meets with the media, I'm going to do my best to bring it to you uninterrupted right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. But before we get to Coach, let's focus on Z. 6.30 first pitch tonight. Big weekend ahead for Oklahoma baseball against TCU. We caught up with the redshirt senior shortstop, Brandon Zaragoza. Hey, take me, take me through the decision to come back. I mean, you could have easily moved on, maybe uh, play a little ball. Um, try to take a shot at the league, but you said, I want to come back for another season. What what drove you to, to do this again? Yeah, I think it was, uh, it was a decision where um, I kind of looked around. I saw my teammates coming back, um, a coaching staff that was um, very dedicated to just, um, you know, creating a, a, a great environment, but just a chance to get back to Omaha. And um, ultimately that's been – my goal since I've gotten into college and you know we thought we had the team to do it last year but you know things happen and and we move forward but I saw an opportunity where um, we had a lot of guys coming back and you know we made a commitment that we were going to go to Omaha so um, it kind of was a no-brainer. How do you feel about where this team is right now? I know that uh, listen to I've been down there to Austin a cool ballpark but you know, to get that win on Sunday was a big deal, I thought, Brandon, for this team, to not just lay down and then to have the opportunity that you had to win even a second game there. So how do you feel about where this team is right now heading into the, the Horn Frog showdown this weekend? Well, you know, baseball is such a long season, and um, you got to think that um, there's going to be some highs, there's going to be some lows, and, um, you know, every once in a while we'll run into a, a situation where, you know, it's unfortunate, the outcome is not what we want it to be, but at the end of the day, um, we play to win the last game of the season. And so, you know, we come in, we work. I see the work ethic that a lot of our guys have. Um, 
and and I see I see the ability um, that comes with it, and um, we know that we can beat anybody in the country, um, and we know we have the talent, we know we have the the coaching staff, we know we have all the preparation to to do that. It's just ultimately it comes down to execution, and there's times that um, that we don't execute, and we know that. Um, but at the same time, we realize that um, there's opportunities before us, like this week. It's a big week. He's used a really good ball club, but. Uh, we know what we have on our side, um, so we're ready to go. What was uh, I want to go back a couple of weeks because it ended up being such a, a fun moment for everyone involved. I'm talking about the win over Houston and Brandon Zaragoza leaving the yard. Uh, how exciting was that? I know you're all about wins and you're not about yourself, but how exciting was that for you to to send one out of Mitchell Park for the first time? Yeah, um, it was a pretty it was a pretty cool moment. I would say that the reason why it was it was as, you know, as it was, was the reaction of my teammates. Um, and I remember telling them um, a while back, it, it wasn't so much about me getting, um, you know, that home run, but more of the way that the team kind of rallied around me when it happened. Um, I think that was what made the moment so special because I, I truly saw the character that we have in that locker room and I knew and, and, and that was that was kind of what I imagined it would be but um, just the way that they reacted and, and just the love that they have and the love that we have for each other um, is what makes those moments so special you uh that was quite a celebration too in the dugout so how cool was that to see and, and then, by the way I don't know if you've had a chance to, to hear the radio call yet, but I thought that the radio TV call, I mean, your former teammate was ready to jump out of the booth. So to see that kind of reaction and see fans posting on social media about it, Z, how, how cool was that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's pretty awesome. You know, I, I've I just luckily uh, been blessed with the opportunity to, to play with such great teammates and just be involved with such a good culture that, um, it's just, it's, it was just a moment that I'll never forget for sure. But, you know, it's, it's just, I, it's, it's hard. It's just really, really hard to describe just because of, of how, of, of how my teammates were, so to speak. But speaking of your teammates, yeah, I've been working on an article about your time at Westmore and how, you know, with the Borfins and, and you guys had played together, at least, um, the, the older, did you ever play with Jace? Mm-hmm. Uh, or no. I know. Yeah. No, no. Which is kind of cool that you are now. But right, right. I mean, I, even wait, hold on. He was like your biggest fan too. So, I mean, <laughs> what, what's that like to, to be playing with Jace and knowing that when Brandon Zaragoza was coming up through the ranks at Westmore, uh, this was a, this was a guy who kind of looked up to him. How, how cool is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool moment. Um, he's like a younger brother to me <laughs> And it was just as soon as he walked in the locker room the first day, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take this kid under my wing just because I see I see the potential." And and there's just a lot of things, that, experiences. I mean, I've been in college for 35 years now, and so um, I feel like I have I have a little bit of knowledge I'd like to spread with him. But um, just taking him in a, a, as a person, not so much a ball player from the beginning, of just like understanding that he's a brother to me. Um, and so me and his, me and his older brother, um, have a, a really, really strong connection. So I wanted to take him in and, and kind of show him some things and, and teach him some, some of my knowledge, but I mean, the kid's, the kid's a freak. And so I think everybody sees that, but it's, it's a really, really cool opportunity just to have a guy like him, 
um, on our team and just understanding that the future of this program's in, in really good hands. Did you get to play much with Braxton in high school and coming up through the ranks or no? Yeah, yeah. I played I played with Braxton for um be two years. Yeah, I played with him for two years. And so me and him me and him have always had a really good connection, but his younger brother, like I said, I never got the opportunity to play with him. Um but, you know, when that came full circle I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. The other boyfriend. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> So, so when you guys were in high school, I mean, I, I know this might be kind of a corny question, but I'll ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Were there conversations like, hey, you know, maybe we could do this in the college ranks together or maybe we could still play together at some point, or did it just kind of magically materialize? Um, I think it was, it, was, it was one of those things where we were like, man, you know, we had a, we had a couple of guys, you know, coming here, and so um, we were kind of looking at as well, you know, who's going to be the next type thing. And, um, you know, Westmore's usually got some really, really strong, talented players. And we knew that we had the opportunity that, you know, if if OU gives you the call, man, that, you know, we'd love to have you over there. And things just kind of align the way that, um, you know, that they did. And so next thing you know, we're all in college together and Westmore's taking over. So. <laughs> I, I did talk to a, a couple of your your former coaches a little bit, but in Joe mm-hmm. Patterson and in Coach Freeman, uh, just just in a mm-hmm. final thought and looking back at the Jaguar days, how special were those days to you, Brandon, in developing you as a player? Uh, I mean, they were pivotal. Um, I would say that you know they're they're like you said, they've molded me into the person that I am today, and um, it's just really awesome to see. Um, I mean, I had two different guys, but um, at the same time, they they both. Um, gave me valuable lessons um, in the game of baseball and in the game of life as well. I mean, I and I enjoyed every moment that I got to play for those guys. High school baseball was um, a really, really special time in my life, and and you know, I sometimes reflect back on it and just think, man, like that was that was an awesome experience. That was an awesome time to to just go out there and play the game, kind of like I'm doing now. But you know, it was. It seems, you know, so foreign, but at the same time, you know, I'll go up there and hit every once in a while and just be like, wow, like, this is kind of what built me into the person I am today. Uh, oh, I, I Freeman, I'm sorry I, if I said the wrong coach's name, Jared Freeman. All right, uh, then a final thought going forward. You, you are, you're having fun, man. I like watching this team. I think they're an absolute blast. Um, what is it now that you want to see this team continue to do to improve, Z? What, what's that next step for this Sooner team to find that next level this season? Um, I think it honestly comes down to execution. I mean, I think everybody sees it. Um, we, we we have the talent. We have the ability. Um, and in certain situations, uh, just, you know, things just got to go our way at the end of the day. Um, and that's that comes down to, to, to executing the game plan. And which I, which, which I said, I, I think we're doing, and but I also think that there's pivotal times in the game where, you know, it's just not going in our favor. And we understand that, and we understand that comes with continuing to work. You know, no off days, getting in there and and putting in the work that we know is going to get us where we want to go, which is ultimately Omaha. And so, just taking it pitch by pitch, um, and just understanding that um, if we continue going in the path that our coaches have have put us towards, um, that we're going to be successful at the end. So. It's awesome, man. Z, I'm so happy for you, dude. I'm I'm really glad that you chose to come back for a redshirt senior season. 
Uh, I've enjoyed watching you from your first season here back in 1982. Uh, and I wish you, I wish you all the best, man. You're just, you guys are fun to watch. Uh, fans are getting fired up about it. Thanks so much for your time on game day, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right, we'll see you, Z. How cool is that? Yes, sir. How good was he? Love that kid. I'm so excited for the rest of the season for baseball. He's got a great opportunity to put himself in all conference conversations, and I think this team is just starting to find its way. Meanwhile, Lincoln Riley. Speaking of a team getting ready to find its way, a full spring practice session, full spring padded workouts, it's great. And as we get set for the April 24th spring game, Coach Riley met and caught up with the Oklahoma media. Yeah, Lincoln, uh, appreciate you doing this. Wanted to uh, check in and uh, ask you how the the three Tennessee transfers were doing so far uh, in the spring. Um, How how those guys uh, fit in with your team and how they look? All three of them have done a great job fitting in with the team. I mean, I give them and our and our and our team credit. I mean, that that transition feels pretty seamless, uh, which is not always easy on both sides. And so, I think that's uh, I think that's been great. Um, uh, as far as on the field, uh, you know, I'd say both both Eric and, and Key have done a good job. They've they've been able to to practice each day. Uh, Wanya was a little limited. Uh, with just a minor nick coming in. And so he's just now getting able to to be able to, to go through the bulk of the reps and practice. So um, haven't been able to see quite as much of him yet. Uh, but but all guys have done a nice job. You know, Eric and Kia both, you know, are both explosive, um, uh, you know, really nice skill players. And like I said, we'll, we'll continue to evaluate one as we can get some more reps into him. Appreciate it, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Eric Bailey and then Joe Bettner. Hey Lincoln, I uh, just want to ask you just about Caleb Williams. How, how's he adapting to the offense, and just what has his early leadership qualities been like for you? Well, he's doing well. Uh, you know, I think it's each day gets you know a little bit more comfortable. He, he goes out there, he, he he makes some plays, he he makes mistakes. You know, we come back in and and correct uh, as as quickly as we can, and uh, and and try to turn it over. And, and I'll give him credit. You know, a lot of the mistakes he's making, he's 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 learning from, and and so you know he's he's benefiting from getting a lot of reps right now. And like I said, you see you see his ability, you see some playmaking ability, which we we, we knew he had. And uh, so it's just a fight and a climb each day uh, to to get better, to learn it, to learn his teammates, to communicate, to execute. Um, but I, I think he's I, I've seen progression uh, without a doubt from day one through today. He he gets a little bit better each day, and that's that's what I'm looking for. Lincoln, appreciate it. Have a good Easter. You too. Joe Bettner and then Jason Kersey. Yeah, Lincoln, I wanted to ask you about Mikey Henderson. Um, obviously moving over to running back, and I'm sure just the way you use those guys, he's not going to be just limited to that. But how is he adjusting to kind of that new role, and how flexible can he still be with a guy like him with the, his, his skill set? Uh, yeah, you know, we're – he can do a lot of things for us. You know, he played in the backfield a lot for us last year too. So in a lot of ways, you know, what we're doing with him right now is just an extension of that. Uh, so he's he's doing, you know, he's doing a nice job. I mean, there's, you know, we're trying to push him to make that jump from being a, you know, a guy that was a role player for us and did an outstanding job his first year. But, you know, that, that, that jump from becoming a role player to becoming a, a guy that plays a bulk of snaps – is a is not an easy jump, you know. You've got to 
you know, you got no hull offense. You know, you got to be able to execute a wider variety of assignments. Um, you know, understand game plans, understand different defensive looks, and so that's that's a push right now. But he's, I think he's, I think he's doing pretty well with it. You know, making some plays as as he's always done, and, and getting more consistent with his with his assignments, and and becoming a more consistent player without the ball. Thanks, Lincoln. Jason Kersey, and then Bob Prisbillo. Yeah, Lincoln, I wanted to ask you about Joe John and how he's fit in so far. Um, what's the hardest thing about being a new coach with a new group of players, particularly when the last group real, or the the group got along well with Coach Beamer, I, I know, and they really liked working with him. And then also, is that even harder in a pandemic? Um, he, 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 Joe John's doing great. You know, he, he's been – He's been fantastic so far. Uh, everything that I, I hoped we would get in the uh, with, with the hire. Uh, so he, he's done a really nice job just acclimating with our staff. And a lot of our staff members knew him and have worked with him at other spots. And some of the guys obviously crossed over during his time here at Oklahoma. So uh, it wasn't like we were bringing in a guy that, that nobody knew. Uh, and that's helped. But no, he's great. You know, he brings he brings a great perspective offensively. Um, brings a great perspective on the special team side of it. Uh, you know, he's inheriting a you know one of our most experienced groups on the football team, which I think is a, a great thing for a new coach. And no, I think that group's taken to him well. And you know, just his he's got a great way about him. And and then you can certainly you know feel that this guy you know really really knows tight end play at an elite level. And you can tell that he. You know that he he played it in an elite level. He's coached it in an elite level. Um, so it's been a good fresh perspective for us in our offensive room uh, as coaches. I think it's been a good fresh perspective for our our guys before. And and then you know knowing him, he's you know he's a he's a big relationship guy as well. And he'll um, you know he'll do a great job with that group. Okay, let's go to uh, Bob Prisbillo and then Mason Young. Lincoln, is there anything from all the adjustments that you made for COVID-19 in terms of, like, the way you're running the team and things like that that you're now carrying over into this spring, like you've now fully incorporated into how you're uh, coaching the team? That's a good question. Um, so yeah, because some of it still fit, just feels normal now. Um, you know, there's still some things, uh, I guess, from a protocol standpoint, but – adjustments just in how we run practices or anything like that honestly not really uh and, and to be honest for us i mean practices you know for the most part for us weren't much different uh even before so you know we're still limited you know within the building what we can do with them you know how many people we can put in a meeting room um you know masking in meeting rooms i mean kind of all that we're, we still have those limitations but i you know, we're, we're back to meeting in person, you know, full time, which is which is great. Uh, like I said, practices are kind of are, are back to normal in a, in a lot of ways. So uh, I wouldn't say anything like directly from COVID that's like just changed the way that we do things now. Mason Young and then James Hale. Yeah, Lincoln, I was just uh, curious to know what Austin Stogner looks like two weeks into the spring and with Joe John coaching him. Um, just how much does that relatability of having played at OU and also played his position at the highest level um, just benefit that relationship and his growth? Yeah, Stogs, uh, Stogs done well. You know, he's been a little limited for us, um, you know, throughout spring. It's, it's, it's been a, 
you know, it's been a slow, kind of a slow return. And I wouldn't say really a slow return off of his injury, but there's just, there's some natural ups and downs that you're going to have with that thing that we're, that we're just, that he's going through right now. And so, you know, we don't have him full go for every practice or some days where he feels really good and, and, and does the full, the full deal. And then there's some days where it's just not right. We gotta, we gotta back it off and, and even shutting down for a period of time. So that's been a little bit of back and forth. You know, Hall and Willis have certainly taken the, the majority of reps um, and, and done a great job with them up to this point. And yeah, I think, you know, Joe John's experience, you know, having played the position, you know, in different offenses, doing it in that, uh, uh, you know, doing it at the NFL level, doing it here at Oklahoma, it's it certainly, it's been great for those guys. I mean, there's just, you know, when, when you haven't played a, you know, when you have played a position for as long as he has, there's just little things that you pick up on uh, as a player that are hard to, to me, hard to replicate if you haven't played the position. And uh, there's just some of those little things you see with Joe John that that you could tell. Yeah, you can you could tell he's he's been in that tight end room for a long time, and he's taken a lot of snaps and a lot of a lot of meetings and just a lot of time invested at it over the years. So I think that'll benefit all three of our tight ends. Go to James Hale and then John Hoover. Hi, Lincoln. I hope things are going well. Um, the H-back and tight end position is an incredibly strong position uh, for OU. Uh, you carried on what Bob developed here, and you've actually enhanced it and made it better. You've added Joe John now, who's played the position. I'm curious, as you continue to recruit, is it getting easier to find guys that can play those positions, or are you having to get imaginative to find guys to move them there? Um, you know, because it's not necessarily a glamour position, but it's an incredibly important position for you. Yeah, I, I would say it's not easier to find guys. It's it's probably easier to recruit guys right now uh, because there's, you know, very few people in the country, if any, that are as committed to using those positions as we are. And right. uh, and and our recruits see that. I mean, they they see that that, that position's on the field for us every snap. They see for a large a large percentage that we've got two of those guys out there, and not just simply being there, but all the different things that we've done with uh, Dimitri Flowers and Mark Andrews and Carson Meyer, and of course Jeremiah and Braden and Stog, and just kind of all the guys through the years. So those we've just done a lot of things with those guys, and. And, and had a lot of success doing it. So they're, they're still hard to find. It's hard to find guys that mentally, we've talked about it a lot is through evaluation and around signing day. I mean, guys that mentally and physically can do all the things we want them to do. There's just not many of them out there in our opinion. Right. So, uh, but, but we do feel like the guys that we zero in on, you know, that they're gonna look at Oklahoma and say, you know, that's a little bit different opportunity than maybe the other ones out there. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. John Hoover and then Brandon Drum. Hey, Lincoln. I want to explore Joe John a little bit more. Um, philosophically speaking, when you go to hire a coach, you've done it enough now. You've, <laughs> you've probably established some, some guidelines for yourself. I just wonder, without giving away any secrets, mm -hmm. are there red flags that pop up with guys that you try to stay away from? Are there certain characteristics that really say to you, that's a guy I need to look further at or make some phone calls about how, how does you go about that process? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's, there's, uh, you know, I think for me, it starts as, uh, you know, kind of getting a pool of, of people that I'm interested in, um, which typically I would, I, I would actually walk that back. The first thing I always look for is what, what do I need out of the position? What do we need out of the position? Um, and that changes, you know, that's just because, 
one coach leaves with a certain skill set, that doesn't mean you're always necessarily going to find the carbon copy of that out there. I mean, it's you know, it, it, you got different skill sets on the staff, and you've you've got a. I think your job as a head coach is to have a feel for what is needed at that time, and uh, so try to identify that, and then get a pool of guys. Uh, then at that point, typically, you know, start to run, you know, you know, start to do homework on them and, and look for any of those potential red flags. And yeah, there's, I mean, in this day and age, there's a million potential red flags that would cause us to say no, and and we and have caused us to say no on guys, whether it's something off the field, whether it's uh, you know compliance, uh, you know, an NCA uh, violations. I mean, there's we've that's that's certainly happened here. I mean, without a doubt. So. Um, yeah, and then once we kind of cleared that in, then, you know, typically, you know, have conversations with a couple of guys and in a normal in a normal world you get you get in front of them face to face. Um and but I I, I normally have a pretty good idea. It doesn't I, I'm not one of these guys that has to interview ten people. I mean that's that's not not ever really been my style. I don't like doing the token interviews and all that. I mean I, I wanna I put myself on the other side. I don't want somebody interviewing me just for the hell of it. You know, when I was a young coach, if I had no chance of getting a job, I mean, that's a waste of everybody's time. So typically talk to a couple of guys and normally I, normally I, it's kind of deals when you just know, you know, and, and I've been lucky, been able to, I think, land on some, some people that have really made a difference here. Okay. Brandon Drummond and Gary Nemig. Yeah, Lincoln, uh, can you talk about the early enrollees? I know you guys are what, halfway through the spring ball right now. Uh, and just, the, I guess, their overall understanding or, and their development so far. Yeah, I'd have to say uh, been been pleased with the group so far as a whole. Um, I think physically it's a group that's come in and the majority, if not all of them, physically are, are going to be ready to help this football team win games next year. Uh, you know, now they they still have a lot of development physically to go, but there's not in, there's not really to me anybody in the class you look at and say, man, there's just no way they're physically going to be ready. Um, so I, I think the group is, you know, I think we, we we chose some good guys and some guys came in and really worked and developed themselves um, before they came in and that had, had a really good first off season run here. Um, and then on the field, I mean, you know, as a whole, I mean, they they make a lot of plays. Um, they get you excited. They make a lot of mistakes that, that you know, bring you back down to earth. That though there's still a lot of coaching, a lot of work that's got to get done for them to become the players they can be. But I, it's it's a competitive group, and and they're hungry, and and they're working hard. Um, they've done they've all done a pretty nice job adapting to the college life and the college academic schedule, um, you know, which is such a big transition in the beginning. So, I, you know, I, it's it's been an exciting group so far and definitely will be be ready here in June to, to get the rest of rest of that group here with us. Darren Emig and then Josh Calloway. Lincoln, I apologize for not following up on this last time you were on. I hope you'll bear with me. I, I'm just trying to understand a little bit specifically about your um, – your aversion to the interconference deal, the transfer deal. Mm -hmm. When you reference negatives, are you talking about? Is your is your worry about what coaches would do and if if those were loosened up, or or is that more about players? Well, I mean, what I would say, what I would say about the whole thing is, you know, I went through this and we went through this with Austin Kendall a few years ago. Um, I th myself and. <laughs> 
most other college coaches for years and years have 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 been against interconference transfers. The the difference is right now in this climate, not a lot of people are willing to speak up on stuff like this, and that's just the that's just what it is. Uh, the reason I eventually released Austin Kendall because was because at the end of the day, I believe I should not be able to restrict somebody that earned their degree that was a graduate. And at, I didn't like the fact that there was going to be a transfer in conference and be eligible. Again, if you guys want to transfer, anybody can transfer anywhere. But I didn't like that. But I felt at the end of the day, the guy had earned his degree and – you know, just like a, I mean, that's that's no different than a coach. You know, there ain't no coaches getting hired that don't have their degrees. If you've got your degree, if you've earned part of this thing is student athlete, and if you've done your part in the classroom and earned a degree, I think that should give you some rights that that maybe other people shouldn't have. In my opinion, um, again, doesn't mean you can't go anywhere, but I just don't know. My my concerns on it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, tampering number one by a, by a long ways, uh, and then I think the other thing too is it's a, it's going to just encourage more and more and more transfers, and we're already looking at a transfer portal saying there's too many guys in the portal. There's more transfer portal spots or more transfer portal people in there than there are scholarships out there, and this is gonna this will do nothing but increase it. And it's uh, I just I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's good for leagues. I, I don't think it's healthy that you could recruit a player, um, and you know one, you know once, and then and then a few months later, you're you're competing against that player for three or four more times in their career, um, and vice versa. I just don't, I don't think it's good for the college game. Uh, that's that's my opinion. Now, if you're a graduate. Again, to me, totally different story. So, and, and honestly, th this one's been hard on me. I mean, honestly, like Austin's was. I mean, you know, Chandler Morris was, was in my room. Um, you know, I, I admittedly get closer to those quarterbacks than probably anybody on the team just because I'm, I'm with them every single day. And, you know, the human side of me deep down, hell yeah, I want to release Chandler. I mean, I do. The same way I wanted to release Austin Kendall. Um, and I'm, I got that inner battle of, you know, do I – do I do what the human side of me wants to do? Because, of course, I want the kid to be able to play versus the side of me that believes that, that just going along with that is not good for our game. And, and that's the, the inner struggle that I've had with this. And, uh, but, you know, that's where it stands. You know, I, I, again, I, I, we'll see what happens with this rules-wise. There's a whole lot else that's, that's going to happen. Uh, I get that. Um, but it, this is – I know some people agree with me, some people disagree with me. I've had uh, more coaches than you can imagine, you know, hit me up and, and thank me uh, for, for stepping out for it because a lot of people believe – again, there's – guys can transfer anywhere they want. It's not about us trying to restrict the ability to transfer, but it's trying to limit intra-conference transfers because there's, there's just – the, the tampering on that becomes – it's already a major issue right now. Let's just put it that way. It's a major issue, and everybody knows it. The, well, the, worse, than, worse than if a transfer goes to, to an out-of-conference school, that's what you're, what you're saying. That, it, that it, element it, is there in it, conference. No, it, it'll, it'll absolutely make it worse. I mean, it's already, it's already bad that way. If, if we, we allow it in our conference, then it's, uh, it's a hard thing. Right now, we have, not, we have not proven that we have the ability to – stop it 
um, to to enforce those rules. It's it's not it's not happening, or what we're doing is not working. So I just my confidence in us being able to enforce it uh, and fix it is is very low right now. Thanks for your patience. Absolutely. We've got time for one more, Josh Calloway. Yeah, Lincoln. I just wanted to ask about Marcus Major. Just I guess what you've seen from him early on in the spring and just how much growth he's capable of having, uh, you know, going to next season specifically. Yeah, Marcus has a lot of ability, man. He, he really does. And I and I said it a bunch at the end of last season, I was really proud of the kid and, and how he, you know, kind of fought back, played some early for us, had some success, did some really nice things in the Texas game. Um, you know, Ramondre came back, TJ got kind of hot. We ended up playing those guys a little bit more through the middle to end. And, and I give Marcus a lot of credit, man. A lot of young guys would have went in the tank you know, started thinking about all kinds of stuff. Poor me, should I transfer this or that? All he did was stay back and work and work and work. And he got better, even though it wasn't necessarily on Saturdays on the TV screen. And, you know, all of a sudden, here comes up the bowl game, gets his opportunity and, and was lights out uh, in the uh, in the Cotton Bowl against Florida. So I think it gave him a lot of confidence. Uh, he's had a tremendous offseason. He's been able to trend some weight. I think he's running better. Uh, but he's a guy that has, I mean, you know, he's got every skill that you could want in a, an elite running back, and his confidence in his game has really come along with it. So excited about the year that he could have. So there you have it, a special Friday edition, a little surprise edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Speaking of surprises, a can't-miss episode drops tomorrow. Toby Rowland, the exit interview with Lon Kruger. It's fantastic. It's emotional. You won't want to miss it. Uh, share it with a friend or two or ten at Soonersports.com slash podcast. As always, thanks for downloading. If you subscribe through iTunes, please leave a five-star review. Any questions or comments that you have, leave them there, or you can hit us up on Twitter at OU on the air. Everyone have a great Easter weekend. Thanks to Brandon Zaragoza. Be looking for Link, or be looking for Lon Kruger in the exit interview tomorrow morning, right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then. Have a great weekend. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.